New Vision is a church that places high value on Scripture. The Bible is made up of 66 books, and in this next portion, we're going to be going through a few of those books as a church family. We hope this tool encourages you and equips you to lead your life well. Thank you for joining us today. Hey, church family, this is Brad White, men's pastor here at New Vision. I'm excited to be with you today. We're going to be looking at Exodus chapter 20, starting in verse 1 and going through verse 17. This is titled The Ten Commandments. And God spoke all of these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sins of the parents to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love and keep my commandments. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you should do your labor and all of your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day to the Lord. On it you shall do no work, neither your son or your daughter, nor your male or female servants, nor your animals, nor the foreigners residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that was within them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day by making it holy. Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land that God has given you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house, your neighbor's wife, or his male or female servants, his oxen, his donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. Let's pray together. God, I pray today that uh, we would hear truth and that you would speak to us through this passage and that we would understand you better because of interacting with it. In your name we pray. Amen. You know, it's easy for me to look at this list of these Ten Commandments and kind of see them as a checklist. Like, what are the things that I've done? What are the things I haven't done? And I can find myself um, kind of going, wow, I'm doing okay. Like, I haven't killed anybody. I feel pretty good about that. Somehow I start to think that I have kept some or most of the requirements listed out. And I think it's easy for us also to measure ourselves or compare ourselves to others. What we do is we look at someone and we say things like, well, I would never do what so-and-so did. What's so cool about Jesus is Jesus came and he was known as the new Moses. He came to fulfill the law that Moses had given. And the Sermon on the Mount is probably one of Jesus's most famous sermons. It takes place in Matthew chapter 5, verses 17 through 20. And what we see in this sermon is that Jesus speaks more directly into the law and he talks directly about the law and how he came to fulfill it. So I want to read this for us and we're going to talk a little bit about that. So starting in verse 17 of chapter 5. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I tell you that until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter nor the least stroke of a pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything has been accomplished. Therefore, anyone who sets aside one of these least commands and teaches others accordingly will be held least in the kingdom of heaven." But whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you that not unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. 
So Jesus really uses these three verses to set up what he's going to talk about. He speaks about the fulfillment of the law and how he came to fulfill the law. And the law, of course, would have been something that uh, the the people that were listening to Jesus speak would have really understood. They would have known the Ten Commandments, and they would have been very familiar with them. And so Jesus is speaking directly to the commandments that Moses gave them. But what he does is he challenges them in a different way by adding more to them. He makes the standards even harder. Jesus reminds them not only that they shouldn't murder, but then he adds that if they hate their brother or sister, that they'll be subject to the same judgment. Jesus tells them that if they look at a a person lustfully, that they have committed adultery with them in their heart. So what he does is increases the moral code for divorce, for murder, uh, for lust. He tells them to keep their word by giving a simple yes or no. He brings a new standard of repaying love to anyone who is forcibly making you walk a mile, someone who is bearing down on you. He says, hey, you should respond to this person. If they make you go one mile, go ahead and go with them. Go ahead and go with them two miles. He tells them that they should love their enemies and that they should pray for those who persecute him. And he ends this section by telling them that they should give in such a way that their right hand is is unaware what their left is doing. The law was always an, in, an impossibility for us to keep, but the standard that Jesus brings into the law makes it even more difficult, and it really helps us to understand our desperate need for redemption. You know, a few years ago, I got to hang out and watch my kids on their last day of swim lessons, and it was really impressive to see the progress that they had made as uh, Holly, my wife, and I were talking and, and, and watching the tail end of the lesson. We were talking about how our daughter, Abby Kate, had really begun to understand that if she would just stop fighting the water, that she would naturally float. The front end of the lesson, she was really fighting, and it was really a struggle for her, but when she realized that if she would just relax her body would allow her to naturally float. You know, since our bodies are made up of approximately 60% water, the body's natural tendency is to float. It's when we find ourselves fighting and struggling against the water that we struggle to be able to maintain that float, which makes swimming much more difficult. The spiritual correlation here is probably a pretty easy one for you to see. When we fight against the natural order and the natural rules that God has put into place, we'll find ourselves sinking We can fight and we can thrash as much as we want with our own desires, but it's never going to lead us to a place of having the life that God has called us to and promised us. But when we submit to the things that God has called us to, that's when we will see that life seems to get just a little bit easier. And so my question for you today is this, what are the rules, what are the laws that God has given us that you find yourself fighting against? Where do you find yourself comparing yourself morally to other people instead of comparing yourself to a holy and perfect God? And what would it look like today for you to surrender the fight in that specific area? Let me just pray for us again. God, we pray today that you would reveal to us the areas where we are fighting against the laws that you have given us, God, and that today we would submit to you, God, and that we would trust that what you have for us is best. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. We'll see you tomorrow as we hop back into God's Word.